for the month of October, we spoke about ownership. Say ownership. Now, one thing that you need to discover in your life journey, you don't belong to yourself. If you belong to yourself, you will try to figure out life, work it out, and then you discover it doesn't work out. Now, years ago, Gary and myself, we flew to the Bahamas and visit with Sean Connery, James Bond 007. Now, he just passed away. Yesterday morning, they found him dead in his bed. He was 90 years young. Now, he was a very, very wealthy man. He was one of the actors I loved so much, and I didn't miss a James Bond 007 movie. I had to get that in to get you awake. And uh, then type in a family group. Somebody said, well, Daddy's famous actors died. And she said, eternity, eternity, eternity. And uh, thank you. Oh, my word, we on air. And uh, now he had all the money. He could do everything. He was the skinny. Didn't wear his thingy on his head. Wear stokies. Look terrible. But he was never significant. What did he leave behind? Movies. These kind of people will talk and there's a competition who was the best. Now, you are more important than James Bond. Auckland Eastwood. Or Dolly Parton. Let me just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, some of you will get it later. Now, now listen. This month we want to talk. It's the last, second last month of 2020. Jesus made a powerful statement. Now remember, he came. Most saw him just as the son of Joseph the carpenter. Maybe they had a chair or a table that Jesus was working on. But he came with a mission. The kingdom of heaven is a place. But the kingdom of God is a journey. Oh, you didn't get that. Jesus said, I came to preach the kingdom. Preach now the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is a place where we, and, and that's why we have the song. When we all, when we all get to heaven. What a day of reach. We always live for there and never live for now. Now, if you only live for there and don't live for now, you will never answer the greatest question. Mike Twain said something like this, Mark Twain. He says, there's two important days in every person's life. The day when you were born. And the day when you find out the reason you were born. Now my father and mother, I was born in northern Rhodesia. In a, on the copper mines in a place called Shingola. Today, Zambia. We lived in a town called Ndola. So I'm not a South African. When I'm an American, they discover I was, I'm not a South African. And I was born in Zambia. They say, why aren't you black? I said, I am. 
My parents paid me with PVA. They put me in chick. But listen, they didn't just add Gustav because Gustav was just a product of them. That's part of the truth. I hated my name, Gustav. Now there's Gustav Jr. Uh, I mean Gustav Sr. I'm Gustav Jr. And uh, I hated that name. Judy Laird was preaching here and she said, uh, she, God told her how I feel about my name. Now my name is, and she said, the meaning of your name is a God staff, a staff, God staff. And I said, oh my word, I like that name. Because God designed you for something bigger than just to figure out why am I here on the face of the earth. Yes, a man, he died at the age of 90. My mother died at the age of 82. She would be 91 this year. She never figured out. Oh, I'm just here because love cannot wait. And for years, she said, I'm going to get a stroke. Then I said, I rebuke it. I cancel it. I rebuke it. Because she was always, and then she said, I'm not going to see next year. Every birthday we had for her since she was 60. I'm not going to be here. I said, Mother, you're going to get really up in age. Now, you see, 7 billion people on the face of the earth. 59 million people in South Africa. And a small percentage of people has discovered, why am I alive? Now, we never ask that question when everything goes wonderful. You have millions and, oh, your marriage is so phenomenal. The rose petals float on the water and it's candles and aero bubble chocolate and, and, uh, my word, calamari, and what's that other stuff that stinks so much? Caviar! Whoo, Jesus have mercy. And it's never then when we ask. We ask when tragedy happens. When we lose a loved one. When the business goes wrong. When the children act crazy, when the company closed down, when the car breaks in the middle of nowhere, when you robbed and things happened, then suddenly that question is all the time in your mind. Why am I alive? What's the reason? Couldn't I die in the place of that? David had that. Absalom died. He said, my son Absalom, I could have died in your place. He wants to be a replacement. That's when we ask these questions. And God 
never wants you to walk with unanswered questions in your life. Scripture explains Scripture. Scripture answers Scripture. And in the book of Isaiah 46, God says, I know the end from the beginning. I know everything and I'm not going to change my mind. Now because God knows exactly how it's supposed to end in your life, I can alter what God had in mind. I can change what God, that's why God gave us the most powerful tool, the power of thought, to make decisions, to have revelation. That's why the prophet Hosea came with a word, and he says, my people, it's God speaking, are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Most people are just in survival mode, and I've seen it, and I've counseled, and I, I have busy days. And yesterday he went, was the speaker at the book launch, and then I had to do a wedding. And, and, and this is how my life, and I sit and counsel people and minister to people. And the story at the end of it all is just the same. People need to discover now. I brought some tools here. I'm the only preacher that comes with tools. Nobody ever showed you this objects. Some of you look at it and say, it looks like a screwdriver. Yeah, Bogoko, you're right. But there's different ones. There's a Phillips. That's a star. And there's a flat screwdriver. Now this screwdriver went through the mill. You can see the point. You don't see that, but to discover what the inventor inventors for is the ability to use it to its full potential. But this screwdriver we paint. So I use it to open a paint tin. Then I need a chisel. I couldn't find a chisel. And I could hear everything with a hammer. I took a hammer and I need to chisel something away. So now it's a chisel. It opens a paint, block, paint tin. Then there was weeds in the lawn. So I use this thing to get the weeds out. But actually, somebody got hold of the screwdriver and stabbed somebody and killed the person. Your secret girlfriend was angry with you because she discovered on Facebook you married and she used this to puncture your tires. Now it's not really. This thing was only invented to screw in screws and unscrew it. I cannot use the star screwdriver for a flat because it doesn't fit into that screw. 
I've tried with the flat to unlock with the new screws. You cannot get the star screw out. So the intention of these objects was to be used to make life more comfortable. I had to cut. Now, you know, I'm an artist. I do some stuff and make molds. And I had to cut some metal. And I couldn't find the metal thingy. And then I got hold of, what do you call this? Trimming cutter, sharer. No, it's not this. I heard somebody said, this is something to prune trees with and roses. But you will see it's got marks on it. Because I violate this invention by cutting wire and metal and tin. It was not designed. It was designed by the original person who invented this and became a multi-zillionaire through this snoisker, whatever it is, to make the life of somebody farming with roses or whatever much easier. It's the same with us. We are sometimes or most of the time in life and used for what we were not designed for. You were not designed for worry. You were not designed for fear. You were not designed to carry sickness and to be poor. You were not designed to be a punching bag and to be the most unhappiest being on the face of the earth. That's why you are created different than animals. Everything God created in Genesis chapter 1, He just spoke the word. But when it came to mankind, He used His hands. And that's why you're so valuable. Now through the ages... We grew up in a custom and the culture, and the culture was learn. Now, we must learn and uh, so that you can be, and your parents say, you're going to be the next family doctor. You're going to be the next Ramaphosa. You're going to be the next Zuma. Ah, no, no. You, you're going to be the next attorney. And they say, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be. So we grew up with, I'm going to be. You will not believe what I want to be when I was a child. I want to do ballet. And I can. Now, hear how my children laugh. And when I said to my mother, I think I'm going into the arts. I want to do ballet. What? That's okay. It's my mother throwing the bottle now off because she's so shocked that I tell it in public. She said, you're going to be a doctor, a teacher, an attorney. But I knew in the back of my mind, at the age of 13, I'm going to be a preacher. 
but I could never say it to them because it was quite, you just need a job. That's all. They say, just get a job. I have papers in welding. It's God's truth. At a time I was for a love nurse, we were in the border of Swaziland, poor community. I was the, the credit controller of Lubners. That's why with money you cannot, uh, I'm like this. They'll show me a, 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 a project or something, and I can say, Mm-mm, this is not right. This figures doesn't. The office here, no, they say that. I said, they showed me the teachers. I said, this amount is wrong. I don't worry. I said, this is the amount. So they were 7,000 under the, I said, this is the right amount. How do you know? I said, because my mind works like that. But that was not what I was designed for. I worked on cars at a time. Could change starters and change oil and replace uh, alternators and change plugs and do all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I, I had a bulldozer that I was driving. and So, so I, I did all kinds of stuff. But that was not living out my why. Because if you're not living your why, you, you, you live just to survive. I must have money for bread and coffee and tea and, and uh, non-alcoholic. What's that stuff that they sell now and pick and pay? That thing that you put the lemon in. Ah! Yeah! You see? Savannah. Listen, and then you just live for survival. Now, survival means I'm this bucket. I have so many holes in, and every morning I had to pour water in. I tried to fill this thing up. Oh, my Elsa. I tried to fill it. Thank you, lovey. I tried to fill it up. But there's so many holes coming through. And at the end of the day, I feel exhausted, tired, depressed, oppressed, compressed. And I say, oh, my God, this is just another night, another day. And even the devil can tell how my life is going to run every day of my life. That's not how God intends for us to live. Because the book of Revelation, he had drawn us in the spirit. And then he heard the great revelation. Why are you existing? That's going to help you to clear your mind. Most of us, majority of people, walk with this thought in mind. It's stored up here in the back of your head. It, it, it doesn't come. It comes when you have a disappointment and if things doesn't work out your way, why am I here? That song, we were pastors in Petra Tief. That's in 1977 when Tasha was born. 
there was a song. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done? Can you remember that? Why me? Engelbrecht Hamperdink, I don't know who sang it. Christ, Christoffel. Ah, you see, Pastor Jeff and myself, we are recycled youth. And uh, now, now, we keep on asking these questions. And then before you find out your life, 90 years past, you were this great actor, but been miserable, alcoholic, addicted, had no hope, no joy. That gentleman that I was talking, James Bond, he sat there. I heard the most F words in my life in one. I thought, Opa Conrad, nobody be it, but I heard God, somebody. And that word was not family or friends. It went like a machine gun. I sat there. I, I, even the devil put his finger in his ear. He doesn't want to hear it anymore. Now, this is going to answer a question in your life that's going to help you to understand you don't need to wait for heaven to live out what you were designed for. You were designed for a much greater purpose. And that's why Jesus could say, follow me. He first said that. Action needs to take place. Then I will make you. Nothing happens until you start following him. Now, most people say the answer to life is look on the inside. Oh, look at evolution. This mother was teaching her son. The father was a Christian and said, you know, we exist out of your great, great, great grandparents were monkeys. And then they develop in gorillas. And then they start walking straight up. And then that's how my great-grandparents came, and this is how. And this child was very amused with the story. Now, mother, where did I come from? No, we catch you on the mountain, we cut off your tail. So we went to the dad, and he said, Dad, mom just told me where her family is coming from. Monkeys, gorillas. And he said, where's your family? He said, your mother's family may be monkeys, but not mine. He said, I was wondering all the time, where does she come from? Now I understand. You see, this is the thing. So I must go back to the inventor to find out what is the purpose. Now the Revelation book tells us, the book of Revelation chapter 4, you were created by God, for God. You were created by God, for God. So Adam and Eve mess up. Jesus came, gave his blood. He redeemed you. He purchased you. He made you his property. And now I need to understand this journey. I'm going to say it again. Until you discover the what. You will change careers. You will change life's choices. You will do all kinds of things because you are never fulfilled. You were designed and planned beforehand. Who know that God is a God of order? 
There's seasons. There's a sun in the day, a moon at night. He, he, he's, he's got everything planned in advance. And he planned you for this great event on the face of the earth. The thing that helped me to understand when, uh, when you get tired and frustrated and things, God chose you above angels. Say, God chose me above angels. Now, remember, angels doesn't fight with him. They doesn't argue with him. They doesn't reason with him. They don't work with logic. They just obey. Psalm 103, the angels hearken immediately to the voice of God. We as human beings have logic and reason and calculators and budgets and bank statements and how we feel and how, what it looks like and, and, and that's how we operate. But now I need to understand in the parable of the sower, Jesus came and he gave us something. Now, let me help you first with this scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, 22 times in the four gospels, Jesus said, follow me, 22 times. In the gospel of Matthew, seven times Jesus said, follow me. Now the Amplified says in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19, he said something so powerful and he says, and he said to them, come after me, as disciples, letting me be your guide. Follow me, and I will make you. So here is somebody that says, I want to lead you. You cannot go on an expedition without a guide. You need somebody that already know what to do, where to go, how to go. And now Jesus made this awesome invitation. He opened it up. He says, follow me. Amplified says, as disciples, as learners, people who learn how to live life. So I'm a doctor. I'm an attorney. I am a motor mechanic. I'm a chef. I'm whatever. That's not your real calling in life. That's the part-time calling to help you with your full-time calling. Your full-time calling is to follow him as a disciple and let him guide you. Now, for time's sake, he spoke about the parable because that follow me means action. Somebody say action. You can say, I am a farmer. I'm farming with animals and you never feed them, and you have a big lot of cows and sheep or whatever you have, and you just sit on the stoop, and you drink coffee and smoke a pipe. I hope you don't smoke uh, a pipe. And, uh, oh, my word. What's that other pipes they do? What? That bubbles. Ponka, ponka. Who said that? Oka! Oh. <laughs> Thank you, God, for deliverance from Oka. And, and then think at the end of the season, you're going to have a great uh, 
cattle group, what you want to call it. Then you find out they're dead or they're poor. They look like Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Because why? There's action. Action is the thing that Christians don't want. No, I'm saved by grace. God will work it out if it's God's will. No word tells us what is God's will. God only has one will for your life. A good, acceptable, a perfect will. That's all what God has. Doesn't have a bad will, a sick will, a poverty will, a stripping will, an unhappy will. <laughs> God gave me this wife. She's like vinegar on my tongue and smoke in my nostrils. And I'm said, no, God wants you to have a happy event in your life. It's the devil that's the thief. Now, in the parable of the sower, Jesus came and he said, the sower sow the word. Now, this is where a lot and most of the 7 billion people on the face of the earth, they say 3.2 billion is Christians. That's where most Christians in South Africa, they say 85% are Christians out of 59%. So we've got 40-something million Christians in South Africa, and we don't shift and move the world. A girl that grew up in this church, I sat with her yesterday, haven't seen her in years. She's the member of parliament, Mari. And I tell always a story about when the axe, when the police phoned me at Ashley Court in Scottsdale, that's that family. She's member of parliament. And I was thinking, wow, somewhere along the line, the word really worked. Now, Satan's strategy is to steal the word from you. He wants you miserable, not hope, in fear, depressed, oppressed, compressed. And I know all those emotions. And he wants you to feel miserable. Somebody came to the 8 o'clock service and said, pray, my husband is suicidal. He wants to commit suicide. Lost his job and all the stories. And I understand life. I understand if you want to share in the glory, you first need to know my story. So here is the thing. Now Jesus revealed the strategy of the devil. He said he comes to steal the word. Because family, and he used certain ways how to get you to a point not to live out what you were designed. You were designed to be a screwdriver, but... The devil used you as a chisel. Uh, he used you to get weeds out. He used you to murder, uh, not really, with your tongue and to kill yourself by saying the negative things because he knows how simple and dangerous it can be when you discover what God designed you for. After, and I'm going in 52 years of ministry and uh, of serving God and 46, 47th year going into now in November in ministry. It took me years to discover why I'm here. I could do church. I could tell you religious stuff. I can start a church. But it's not to say I start and I do that I'm significant, that I'm living out the what and the why of my life. And the moment when I discover I was created by God, for God, I don't belong to myself, he's my owner. Now I need to follow him 
so that he can guide me, the enemy will also try. Now, Jesus made a statement. He said to the devil, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Think about this. If you knew why you were here, you would be light years further. You will be more prominent, more significant, more powerful than ever before. Now the enemy comes with simple steps and the very thing he know that will hurt you and bring pain and let you draw back. The first thing that you are spiraled down, you draw back. Who of you have discovered you're not every day excited? Here, God help die wat nie hande opgesteek het nou nie. Who discovered these days that you serve God by faith and not by feeling? Thank you for the honesty. There's days that you don't need that feeling. You just know that you know. Then there's days. Mark, net your back whip. Mark, net your back whip. Now, I know it's not you. Don't worry, they think I speak in tongues in the broadcast. I was there. Oh, Jesus. Listen. It's a faith journey. Because the enemy is after the word. He know the only thing that you will live by is not... Jesus was hungry, he said, <laughs> came out of 40 days, the devil, they said, if you're really the son of God, turn the stones into bread. And then Jesus said, man shall not live from bread alone. You see, but from every word, the enemy is after the every word of God. Because that every word says, the works I have done, you will do them also, you will do greater works. I testified last night to somebody, I said, I've seen the dead raised. I testified to the member of parliament. I said, they shot my sister and she was raised from the dead. I can tell you, you will do the works of Jesus and you will do greater works. But it's to have the word always as the main thing. Jesus said, follow me. So it's another thing I can follow him today and just leave it and say, no, I'm not going to follow. And that's where a lot of Christians are tested in the lockdown time frame because where's God where are you if you really God why do we suffer why do we? I understand some people say I'm not asking for food for myself this is the request I get I need some insulin for my monkey for my little api we can we can starve but the monkey cannot and somebody tied himself to a, a rocket and uh, a, a, a rocket on his back to a tree. They want to uproot the tree. And they said, you're not going to, the Greenpeace people, you're not going to kill this tree. You're not going to chop it down. It's got emotions that cry. That's why gum comes out. Now, have you heard all this junk? Some people say, save the whale. Now, uh, we love animals. And I love animals too. But... You are created different than an animal. Some doesn't look like it, but don't worry. You know, 
And no, um, listen, God gave you the power of choice. Now, the parable of the sower, remember we talk about action. It's action involved, and I want to help you. Because you think you did something wrong. That's why you go through stuff. No. The parable of the sower says, the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. If he doesn't succeed, he comes with trouble. Trouble and persecution for the word's sake. For the word's sake. Trouble. Who experienced trouble? Daar's groot trouble in paradise. Trouble. And then he comes with persecution. Then if he doesn't succeed, because the Bible says that's because of the word, the thing that you need to feed yourself on. He says, then he comes with worries. Worries. You worry because you don't have something to worry about. God didn't create you to worry. It's true. He comes with worries, the parable of the sower. Then he comes with, that's Matthew 13, 18. Then he comes with, if he doesn't get you under with worries and, and uh, in this life, then he comes with deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of the world because he wants to choke the word out of you. He wants you unfruitful. Here's Sean Connery. He was one of the most successful actors, a multi-zillionaire, but not fruitful. He was driven by hatred against the Queen of England. He financed Scotland to become independent. That was, he was driven by hatred. And everybody said, wow, what an icon. But he never lived the life that he was designed to live. Same with us. You need to discover there's a bigger call on your life than just to survive. I will survive. Who sings that? Auntie Sue said, Queen. Oh, my word. You see, that's why she's so hype. Oh, my word. Listen. You were designed by God for God. And until you discover your what you are here for, you will remain in survival mode and never live up to that life that God has designed you to live. To be a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker, and an atmosphere changer. Now let me just finish this. 22 times in this four gospel, follow me. First the instruction before you can become. A lot of people want to become, but they don't want the instruction. Follow me. Jesus made a statement in John 20, 21. 
Just as my Father has sent me, I send you. So there's the word just. He didn't say different. He didn't say watered down. He didn't say, he said, just as my Father has sent me. Now, now to understand these concept of the word, you need to discover what does your maker say. And I'm closing with Ephesians 1.11. If there's musicians still, just come. It says, message translation, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Now, who believes still in the Bible? Okay. If you believe in the Bible, this is in the Word. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and in everyone. Colossians 1.16. Everything. Somebody say everything. Absolutely everything. Say absolutely everything. Got started in Christ and finds its purpose in Him. Now, family, this is one of the most phenomenal things that you need to discover that. I love my children. Wednesday night, all the children were there with the grandchildren. You know, the grandchildren starts at the age of 26, and then they come down to the age of 10. Every year, the children ask me, what do you need for your birthday? And I said, nothing. I don't need anything. I've got everything I need. I, don't, I need nothing. I, I, I need nothing. What I need is the people I love. It's more valuable than anything. That they will have the assurance that their dad loves them just as they are. They don't need anything to deserve my love. I made them, me and God, and the children's mother. Otherwise, it will be Mary. And the satisfaction is when they love me back. I've got birthday cards stacked up from years where the children write the most awesome messages. And Lancel's birthday, so I had to write a message this morning. And with all my children, grandchildren, and And I think, what can I say? And this is what I said. I gave an instruction or a word there and said, you are a world changer. Now, if I, who are an earthly father, and I believe in people, you will discover I just love you the same. If I feel this about people, in my shortcomings, in my mistakes, 
Just think how your heavenly Father loves you. He believes in you. He believes you can. Gustav, I had a few setbacks and mishaps, and I understand. I went, came in the room while somebody was busy murdering my mother. You think that was traumatic to me? Very much. When they shot Nikita's mother, I ran out of the prayer room to the gate, and there she was. She was gone. This part ripped open. And I understood the power. With all of this, God still says, you're mine. With all the tragic events, what Sandra went through, and people went through here, tragic events, God still says, you're mine. Yeah, I understand. That's why Jesus died. He understand death. He understand everything. He became poor so that through his poverty you may become wealthy. Took every sickness, every infirmity, every disease upon him. Every short coming in your life. I told you somebody came to me and say, they gossip about you and they say zap, zap, zap. I said, just keep this person's mouth shut. I said, if they know me like I know myself, they will say worse things than that. The person looked at me. With all your everything, God still says, I'm your father. I created you. You were created by me, for me. And all that I want back from you is that you will love me. See, love, you cannot buy it. You can do nothing to win somebody's trust by buying it. It's earned through your actions, your words, and how you believe in people. And this morning in this service, there's a call, there's an Ezekiel call of the army of the Lord to change nations of the world. And it starts here. The capital of revival must start here. You're the person that God sees and how He can change the world. Yesterday I married this young boy. 27 years ago, I gave him for adoption. There was a family here that had this boy, very terrible circumstances. That boy went in after 23 years, Sunday morning in this service last Sunday. And I married him yesterday. And I looked at him and I say, even if I just have to do that part, to bring pleasure to his parents and to him, there's a purpose. You cannot be a screwdriver and let the enemy use you as a chisel 
to take out weeds, to be a shambok in life, to hit everybody, and to be bitter and angry and nasty. That year when my mother was murdered, that week, terrible things happened. With the school, with the hotel, people walked away and they murdered one of our preachers. We did 17 services on a Sunday. They murdered Uncle A.B. for no reason. They didn't steal his cell phone. They just murdered him. The Thursday night, Friday morning, they fired the project manager. And Friday night, we had a church split. I was angry, very angry. And then I had to learn. I had to come back. Because nobody knows I'm angry. I'm drinking the poison and I want them to die. I want to put the people in jail. Then I'll say, don't do it. You're angry now. If you're out of anger and they get bail, it's just going to pay the bail. You. So just stop it. But that night in June, the 5th, 2013, I was arrested by the Holy Spirit at LWPC and when the power of God hit me I didn't want it now you say how because because that is what it does when you keep on asking why me what for and I stood on the pulpit in the Dutch Reformed Church in Wellington and the wheel in our oldest son's coffin He's 28 years of age. And when they opened that coffin, the shock. That day I realized I become a changed person. I will never live for myself alone. I will believe in people. I realize how short life can be. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to this November meeting. I could have chosen out of how many pastors do we have? 30. That one of them could preach, and they do very well. But I came to this meeting this morning because of the clarion call. God says, I designed you. I called you. Survival mode is not going to change the nations and the history and even your family. Thank you. It's going to cost you to discover you were designed by God, for God, to live out the greatness. Somebody that Andre and myself know, he was stabbed at the age of 75 in Bloberg this week and after I got the message I was thinking and I visualized him and I saw how he stand on Facebook with the mic and, and I was thinking what a life what a life you see God doesn't want you to live one day extra without making a decision 
that you're going to follow him. And I'm not talking just follow him. Jesus had three groups of people. He had the crowd. The crowds was there for the fish, the bread, and the miracles. Then he had the gossipers, the communicators, the scribes and Pharisees who always question and find fault with him. Then he had followers. It's time for South Africa and the nations of the world to move from crowd, being in the crowd, being just a communicator, to do it my way, to become a follower of Christ. If you can put that scripture again where Jesus said, follow me. This is the most valuable time. If you've got nothing that I've ever preached in my life, and I've, like I said, I've been preaching for more than 41, 46 years. I started at the age of 15. I'm 46 years in full-time ministry, going 47 years. So I've preached most of my life. If you get nothing this morning, I want you to walk out of this building to say, I was designed by God for God to fulfill a dream bigger than what I have lived for until now. Heaven depends on you. You can do it. You can change. One person can change the entire nations of the world. You are that life changer while you are feeding yourself with the word to tell other people about Jesus. I'm testifying to somebody. He comes to the service. Didn't believe, he doesn't believe in God. This morning he sent me a text. Can I be excused from the service? See it three times. Comes out of communism. I said, my word, he's better than what most Christians are. And I said last night, I said, if my life doesn't testify about Jesus, then it would be hopeless for you to understand what I believe. The Bible says you are a letter. You're the only letter that people will read. You are a living epistle that needs to move in greatness. But you must establish in your mind what you are going through is not God against you. Well, God could have hindered that. That's how I felt many times in my life. One time I was praying for somebody that this person will live and the Lord said, huh, you think I'm going to give you what you want? This person, I love him so dearly, I'm going to give him the desire of his heart. He said, and his desire is to go. I prayed then, I said, Lord, let your will be done. Give this person what he desires. And boom, a person slide into eternity. And the Lord said, see, I love you so much. I want to give you personally the desire of your heart. That's why I don't belong to myself. You don't belong to yourself. You belong 
to the great creator that said, I have called you. I've designed you. I've planned for you. One day we're going to stand before him and he will tell you, I said, this is what I really planned for you to live, to be a life changer, a history maker, to change communities and cities and nations of the world. If you're that person this morning, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to take your communion cup and your bread and while we're going to ask the parents with the family members to come to the front while we're going to dedicate this phenomenal baby. And uh, if you can just open this for me. Thank you. Doesn't covet do something? Can you imagine a thing you don't see controls the whole world? We need to demonstrate that we believe God is still in control. It was in that night when the Lord Jesus took the bread while the parents are coming and I need some people to come and help us pray with them, show to them and on them come, just come and just come and help us pray and Pastor Jeff and them Brother Ryan, it was in that night thank you when the Lord Jesus took the bread and he said, this is my body. Somebody said, is this how your charismatics are doing it? No, this is how the Bible says. That's why we call it, this is a covenant feast. To make a covenant this morning to say, God, I may have had a few setbacks in life, but my comeback is much greater than any setback. You can live your life and finish it and die and never impact, never be significant or you can be significant to change the world and he said this bread this, this bread is the resemblance of my body as often as you eat it now remember what he did on Calvary it's his body, he took every sickness, every disease every sin every poverty, every unhappiness, every situation that you may face upon him. And he said, I did it out of love. And he said, eat it. Father, people are sitting here, standing this morning to say, God, I'm not going to be in survival mode. I'm going to live out. I'm going to be a follower. I hear the clarion call, follow me and I will make you. From this day on, I am following Jesus. I'm going to fulfill the seven designs you have for us, Lord, that we will be worshipers and everything we do is worship and we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Because when we love you, nothing is too impossible. Nothing is an effort. Nothing is too difficult. That's why he gave his life. Take that bread and eat it. Share it with somebody. Because we're part of a many-member body. To say we're part of each other. Savannah. 
Father, we thank you for the body. Do they have the, somebody just serve them? Pastor Jeff, will you serve them bread? And there's some here. Some of the communion. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He took the cup after the meal and he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. How often you eat the bread and drink the cup. Do it in remembrance. This is your victory this morning. You're sealed by the blood, washed by the blood. You have victory through the blood. No weapon can form against you, can prosper. Every tongue that rises up to you will be in vain. What the enemy meant for harm, God turns it around for the good. Come on, people, by his stripes you are healed. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory because I'm a lover of God and I'm a giver in the kingdom. And I'm not living for myself. This is the call this morning. From this day on, I will not live for myself. I live for God and I live for other people. For the great cause I was designed for and planned for. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. It's the power in the cleansing blood. I speak healing and health over everybody. I speak over our viewers this morning. That by his stripes you've been made whole. I call every sinner to repentance. I speak life and life in resurrection power right now in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of poverty and of mentality that will rob people from the very best of God. And I rebuke it right now and I declare freedom in Jesus' name. Let's stretch our hands towards this family. Oh, my word, what a phenomenal family. We know Reynard before he was married. and Then he got this beautiful bride. And uh, we've dedicated the children. We're glad his sister is with us. And this is little Blake. Oh, my word. He's so beautiful. Come and let us lay hands on Blake and and Blake Berenji. Oh, my word. Let's lay hands. Father, we bring Blake this morning to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And as the mothers of Salem came and brought the children, the disciples tried to hinder them. And Jesus said, don't hinder because the children of God, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And we speak life and life in resurrection power over Blake's life. This couple this morning, give Blake back to you. They're going to be the managers and the stewards and the parents of Blake. But Blake has dedicated this day to the Lord. Because there's a great calling of God upon Blake's life. Oh, my word, that comes in the previous generation and in this generation. And we pray, Lord, that you will use him for your glory and for your anointing. He will be a teacher of the word. He will love God. He will impact nations. He will change the atmosphere wherever he go. He will bring a calmness where there's a storm. And we say thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for all the children, for the family. We pray for the father and the mother. Let's lay hands on them. And we thank you for the greatness and the goodness of God upon their lives. And I even hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said, but the enemy tried to rob you all from God. Said, 
<laughs> I rebuke the devourer through the power of seed. And you will be in a greater measure because I've put inside of you the capacity to stand in unity and to believe that this is possible, that every impossible situation, the Lord said, even, oh my word, the plans you've made and the ideas you have, I'm altering that plan, say of the Lord, because I am the Lord, the God, that's going to do far beyond what you can ever pray or ask for. So that's why you need to know and understand and chose this day, say of the Lord, to discover you were designed by me, for me, that I can love you and you can love me. And you will serve me. Even the disappointments of the past, I erase them so that you will walk in greatness, say of the Lord of hope. I believe there's a word. So the Lord will say to you this day, my purposes have been locked in concerning you and your family. Locked in that cannot be changed, that cannot be altered, no matter what the enemy has tried before. But my purposes concerning you is locked in. And I will go forward before you and I will break every hindrance, I will break every iceberg and you will have level paths before you. Never before, never, never, never again will you go through the turmoil and the confusion that you've been through. And even this day over Blake, I see angels, angels in a circle just, just above you guys, uh, just concerning the dedication. The purposes of God has been locked in concerning your family, and it cannot be altered. So I seal you with the blood of the Lamb, and I pray that the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow be your portion every second of every single day, that you will see the glory and the purposes of God and the blessing and provision of the Father coming forth before you like never before in the name of Jesus in the mighty mighty name of Jesus so the Lord bless you the Lord keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and be gracious to you in the mighty name of Jesus amen Gracious, what a word awesome lovey when is the next baby coming? <laughs> Let's stand. Are you ready this morning? Are you blessed? Say, I am designed for a divine plan. I'm not a chisel. I'm not to take weeds out. <laughs> I'm not a tin cutter. I'm designed for what God has designed me to be his disciple, his follower and to change the world say I'm going to change the world you're here to change the world thank you Jesus says Jean will you pray for us don't miss invite somebody for next week let's double up the numbers oh thank you Father for this word thank you that you'll give us the help, the strength to follow you, to follow you closely all the days of our lives, Lord. 
Help us to not turn away. Help us not to be led into the world, but to go forth mightily in the kingdom of God. We've heard this word today, Lord, and we're going to follow hard on your heels, Lord. Take us to where you want us to be. Help us to help others. And Lord, we say, seal this word in our hearts. And Father, even as we go out today, let your presence be with us. Guide us, almighty shepherd, and protect us, Lord. Let your mighty hand be upon us. And Father, let today be a day of new beginnings. Let us know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that we will never be alone because you are with us eternally. And Father, we give you thanks for everything we've received. And may your blessings fall richly upon your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.